two, one. Welcome to Latinas Who Adventure, a podcast about the ins and outs as adventuring as women. Part of what can seem overwhelming if you're just kind of browsing, there are so many options. So many options, there's so many things you can yeah. do. This guy's the limit. Hosted by Heather Diaz and Marcela Mel. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining, taking time out of your squeaky schedule to come. Um, yeah, and- we're super excited to welcome Kika today as our first guest. Yay! You want to tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into the outdoors and all that? Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so flattered that you ladies invited me to chat. I'm like, I have really nothing to say. What the heck? <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm from Brazil, uh, Recife in the Northeast part of Brazil by the ocean where the coldest that it might get is maybe 65 degrees <laughs> Fahrenheit. So quite a different climate and it's super humid. Uh, I moved to Utah. It will be 20 years in July. I came to get a, a master's degree at Brigham Young University. The plan was to go back after I was done and work with children that have um, mental, physical, and emotional handicaps using theater and art as a therapeutical tool. But I met a boy and I stayed. Today we have a daughter who is refusing to go upstairs. <laughs> She's just staring at me, making me nervous. I'm sorry, there is a notification thing coming in here from, uh, I should have turned off these notifications. I apologize about that. Let me pause all of that. Okay, so I knew that when I came back, Long story short, I was in, introduced to the outdoors as soon as, as I got here, to be honest. I thought Provo, Utah was very small and very slow. I come from a city comparable to New York City, super busy, lots of buildings, tall buildings. You don't see a house if you want to, mm-hmm. you know. Then I come to Provo, Utah, which is like maybe back then, I don't know, 300,000 populations. So I was like, boring. <laughs> but I didn't realize, you know, that the there's so much to do outside. And the International Students Association would host events, not only to get students coming from other countries to be, you know, to make friends, but also to know what Utah had to offer. So I didn't know that I was hiking back then. I was like, oh, let's go on this group activity. And we actually walked through the woods, took pictures at a waterfall, came back and ate. So Later, I found out that I was hiking. My daughter's father loves the outdoors. He loves hiking. He's a Sasquatch hunter. He has stories to tell <laughs> about that. It's super cool. But uh, so we went outside with her when she was little. And then I stopped a little bit after my divorce. And I, during and a little bit after my divorce, and I picked it back up about seven years ago. That's when I had friends who uh, were really into the outdoors and shared with me some apps, some trails. And I started going little by little. So now it just became my little therapy. So that's how I got into it. Yeah, thank you for sharing, because I, I think a lot of us can certainly relate to that kind of therapeutic aspect of hiking, being outside in nature, um, yeah, even just, and, and I think we all have kind of, a pattern I've noticed, I think, is that a lot of us kind of um, got into it a bit later in life, not, we didn't like grow up hiking, maybe we spent time outside, but it wasn't like, oh, we're going to follow this trail, go see something and come back. Um, so that's, that's really interesting to see that we have a lot of how we got into the outdoors in, in, in common. Um, yeah, my, where I'm from, I live by the beach. So the weekend yeah. stop was, let's spend the whole day at the beach or let's go to somebody's beach house. Summer vacation, let's go to somebody's beach house. Let's go to the beach. There's a concert beach. Everything was about the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you take it for yeah. granted. So just like many people that I know who are from uh, the area that I live have, don't go out to, to the mountains a lot. You know, it's when you maybe have to move away. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to move out of it. And I haven't gone on many hikes or haven't enjoyed the, the nature around me. So I got to a point in, in Brazil that I did not like going to the beach. It's too hot. It's too humid. Too too much sand. <laughs> the water is salty. That's so gross. But now I miss it. Actually, now w- when I go back, I always ask my mom to drive by the beach as soon as she picks me up from, from the, just so I can smell the ocean. Oh. I just want to smell it. 
when there is a smell and I, and I actually I think it's so funny how you mentioned that because I'm I'm from Houston I'm, there are beaches that like you know two hours away but so ours was like the beach or the pool but that's all we did like we go to the pool you go to the beach you go to the lake it was never the mountains it was like why do I have to go to the mountains or the when I have the lake or <laughs> nearby <laughs> but when I got put out of my like where I live and I'm at comfort zone is that's when I started well it took me time to start exploring though I didn't like jump into it because I, I did what was accessible to me what was familiar and then someone was like hey let's and I tried to you know I did a hike I didn't even know I did a hike too I, I'm that's what's funny too like I my friend's like let's go to do lands in I thought it was just the walk and then it's like oh actually it's it's like actually a hike I was like oh <laughs> I was hiking yeah. <laughs> yep. that happened here there's this there's this hike called mountain Timpanogos, which is one of the most famous long, you know, high, high elevation gain hike. It's like, I think it's more than 14 miles round trip, like almost 5,000, I think four to 5,000 feet um, elevation gain. So it's not an easy hike. It's beautiful. But the first time I did, I had no idea that I was doing that. My friend is like, hey, do you want to go take pictures of mountain goats and I'm like sure I didn't know you had to hike seven miles to get to the mountain goat we had like a water bottle we had like maybe I think bagels I we didn't have any jagged super cold up there we he mm. had like a windbreaker my pictures from up there I look like I want to I'm ready to murder somebody I look so upset you know they were still from the time that you have to like the negatives and you have to develop them Yes. But I have to find them and post them because they look like I was ready to just kill. I was so mad and and I had no idea. But nowadays, knowing that, I'm like, that's the hard hike. I, I've done it. I didn't know I was doing it, but it's done. Yeah. And if I have to do that again. That's awesome. I love it. And how did you get into, like, um, I know you live in Utah now, but how did you get started, like, um, going outside and hiking in the snow? Like, doesn't he, was it something that like someone like invited we have questions I know but is that something like someone invite you to or you just did you just jump in it like I guess that was a such a what a transition to start yeah to, I thought that was so inspirational because I I did yeah I, I hiked in the snow like a few times so I'm like nah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no totally I, that's a great question basically there is not much else to do here in the winter I mean you need to do like <laughs> But the winter is so long. Winter feels like forever. It feels like five, those seven, eight months feel like five years, you know? And there were a few things that got me to go out in the winter. When I first got here, a few years into my life in Provo or Utah, um, I tried skiing. First time I tried skiing, it was because I was dating this boy who was a skier. I hated it because <laughs> first time is really hard. You just fall. And mm -hmm. he didn't take me to the little hill where five-year-olds ski. He took me to the high ones. And I'm like, you got to get a helicopter to get me down. There's no way I'm going. Yeah. Maybe I roll down. So it was a horrible experience. The second time was better. And nowadays, I love skiing. I'm not good at it. I'm still, actually, I'm still learning how to turn because I go maybe three times every winter because it is a pricey sport, you know? When you yeah. think about renting skis, it's going to be at least 80 bucks for the skis and boots, and then at least $100 for the pass, and then mm -hmm. have, to have the specific pants. And so it is a price sport. And it got me, I got upset that winter sports seem to be so elitist, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and and class, is classes the word? Like there's a different class that is associated with, you know, you don't see a lot of people in, the, in bigger sizes skiing or snowboarding, or you, you don't see a lot mm -hmm. of, BIPOC skiing or, or snowboarding, no. And actually when I got, when I started hiking and I would see, just follow Facebook groups or Instagram of people doing that. And I I had a long period in my life where I just wished, oh, I wish I did that, you know? Oh, that person is so cool. I wish I was like them. And I wish I was that brave or that smart or had that gear. And a few years ago, I just started saying, wait a second. Who's saying that I can't do that or can't have that yeah. or can't experience that? I'm going to, bitch, I'm doing that, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I started just watching people and uh, trying things out. But really the kickoff was when I started um, my ambassadorship with women who, who explore mm -hmm. three years ago when they were first created. 
And my very first event with them was a weekend uh, women's getaway in Bend, Oregon, where we did snowshoeing. And we were going to actually go uh, in this sleds pulled by dogs, dog sleds, but there was not, there was not enough snow. But that was about the time that I was like, this is not as scary. You know, this is not as complicated, scary, difficult, exhausting, or even expensive. So I started researching gear and I have some here to share uh, stuff that I got. And, I, and before, if you want me to share before I do, I just wanna tell people who are watching this to not be overwhelmed. This is stuff that I have slowly got mm -hmm. from myself over the past five years, no, three to five years or so after, you know, and stuff that I buy. I, you know, I, it's pricey. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, I'm, I don't have 10 pairs of $400 jackets, <laughs> you know, so I look for sales and clearances and extra markdowns and outlets. So um, I can show this stuff eventually, but what got me into it was mainly wanting to do something since I had so much fun hiking in the spring, fall and summer, I wanted to continue that in the winter. And I wanted to uh, also motivate people because I'm like, hey, I'm sure there's more people that also feel inadequate or they don't have the right gear. They don't have the right clothing. Yeah. They know it's gonna, they're gonna die under an avalanche. So that's why I like spreading the word like, hey, everybody can do this. Everybody can go out and enjoy. Yeah, I, oh, should I, I can go ahead. Um, I really, really love that. Um, especially also your winter tip series really caught my attention and how you were not only talking about the kind of more technical aspects of going outside, but also the very social aspects of bringing your kids, going with a group, um, kind of just having fun and, and making, making it a, a positive event and kind of because you're right, I think a lot of people, especially those of us who come from more southern, warm, tropical climates, snow and cold is just not really my thing. So um, it's really nice and refreshing to see this kind of point of view of having a positive association with winter and snow that isn't elitist, like you're saying. Um, and yeah, and that's where I get so definitely. I actually think that uh, I didn't even realize it until now. I'm just being I'm being honest that maybe that's the reason why I've been just so like kind of think of condescending being the snow because I think of I like I pair it with the thought association of being the elitist because when you when you first think of that think of the elite sport the snow it just makes me think so like just so down about like no I don't want to deal with that like I well I don't like want to be part of it. it's not for me and just that's the first thing I said, like, it's not for me. Like, I should not say that. I should never think of that. The first thing of associating with winter and snow. So I apologize for saying that because that's wrong. Um, but the thank you, Kika, you, you have just, um, you know, now I've, I will speak about the perspective, but I do feel that though. And I was talking about that with my partner, how it is, it feels like an elite sport because you need all this gear and equipment, but mm -hmm you made a good point of you slowly built it up. And I will keep that in mind. Cause like for camping, I think of it like, cause camping is kind of, can be kind of expensive, but I always think buy one thing after every single trip. So like, and just think about it like a slowly acquiring things. And now I will think the same for winter. If I really want to pursue that, I should at least buy something new after every trip. So I'll be, have one more thing. Mm -hmm. I'll also look for the sales cause I'm all for the sales. Yes, me too. <laughs> yes. All the tips, girl, all the tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sales are super super important like I had to buy new snow pants this year before we went skiing um last weekend but you can find snow pants that range from a hundred dollars to like five hundred dollars and honestly you don't in my experience the five hundred dollar ones like I've never used one right but like I've done fine and I've had snow pants that my previous snow pants, I only had to buy new ones because after 15 years, they finally ripped one time that I fell. So yeah. it's really one of those things where if you have a little bit extra money and you're willing to invest in something a little more, it might 
pay off because it'll last longer. But I mean, it's not necessary to spend the most, buy the most expensive things, especially if you're just trying it out and getting a feel for whether this is really for you. I completely um, agree. And also for me personally, depends on how often am I going to, to use that, you know, like skis. Yeah. I could go and put skis and boots on my credit card and spend five years paying for that. But I go skiing maybe three times per winter. Is it worth it for me to have my own skis? You know, it's for me, I, I, I just rent and I pick the, for, for example, skiing on the weekends is a, is a higher cost. So uh, in the, a lot of places, yeah. if you ski during the weekday, either half day morning or afternoon or evening, it's like a third of the price. I'm not a, a great skier. I don't need to spend three times more to go on a Sunday where the pros are there getting mad that I'm slow as heck, you know? So I'm gonna go on a Wednesday night and do my thing and pay 30 bucks for the ski lift ticket instead of 150. I'm fine with that, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I that's really smart. And I like your perspective about that because I need to start thinking more like that because um, usually I just get turned off. It's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna rent anything. Or the other option I would I did before I when I rented gear is that I would um I I would go to like a like an outdoor gear company and they usually have the gear at a fraction of the cost. So I would just go buy it there, but I just have to drive it up. That's like the only downside if you don't like if you don't have a car that's equipped for it. Yeah. And you can rent, I mean, I don't know nowadays because of COVID how REI, for example, is doing stuff, but REI would rent snowshoes and poles, you know, they would have classes too, so I'm not sure how a lot, of, I know that you can still rent skis and boots and stuff, but um, if you're not ready to buy, or if you, if a lot of, a lot of stores don't let you try things on at the store because of COVID, or if you're not sure, maybe rent it, maybe borrow, I've borrowed, so I've borrowed, first time that I went skiing, I borrowed everything except for underwear and, and a bra, because I mm -hmm. didn't have anything, it was my third winter here, second winter here from uh, Brazil, you know, I borrowed the, the jacket, the pants, the underlayers, gloves, helmet, everything, you know, and it's fine, they were big, like, the skis were super huge, I learned, like, four years later that those were not the right size for me, maybe that's one reason <laughs> why I was falling off every five minutes, but it's fine, you know, you go out and you experience in, in my one tip that I had that I haven't shared yet with uh, Instagram is don't try things just once, try at least twice, you know, because- That's a really that, good point. Yeah, because maybe that first day was not a good day for you, was not a good weather day, it was not, it was extremely cold, much colder, or it was much hotter, or the gear with the pants were too tight or too, you know, maybe that first day something was off and it wasn't the best experience, give it a second shot, you know? I'm so glad that I gave skiing a second shot because it felt a lot more natural the second time around. If I had gone just by the first experience where I just fell and got super afraid, I wouldn't enjoy the peace and beauty that it's to be on top of a white mountain, which to me is like, if there's a heaven, that's what it's like. Why? Yeah, and I guess one thing to add about renting that I think some people might think that you get very old gear, um, but with ski gear specifically, um, because the ski, and we can get technical about the ski bindings or not, but ski bindings after a while actually become unsafe if they're not properly maintained under a certain age. So rental places actually, I think, do a pretty good job these days of keeping up with newer gear, um, more modern gear. You can be pretty sure, at least, you know, at bigger resorts that they have done all the proper maintenance on skis and stuff like that as well. Um, and I've seen people like actually help you measure the skis or snowboard for your size and your weight and everything, your skill level, how fast you go and all these things. So um, yeah. renting, is a great option if you're starting out, I think. Exactly, and that's one reason why I wanted to share those tips because a lot of people don't know, for example, snowshoes. These are not the best ones for me and I learned them uh, after literally painful experiences. I just bought this from my friend mm -hmm. because snowshoes are not 20 bucks, you know, they're like, mm -hmm. depending on, and they will depend on terrain. If you want, this is for basic terrain. So if you don't know how a, how a snowshoe works, for those people who have never 
worn. No I've never worn it or seen it, so I'm I'm curious. Yes, let me get out. Have your shoe hooked up here. Okay. And as you walk, you lift this part, right? Oh. So you walk, you stay my normal. So in the snowshoe would be best for very fresh, fluffy snow in an area that many people haven't walked by it because as more people go walk the area, the snow is going to be padded, padded, padded down. If it's fresh and mm -hmm. higher, this is going to act like a little, like a little board. And then you can still walk like this, right? So you can still move it like this. Oh. And this is going to be according to the terrain. If you're going more uphill, a lot of people who do snowboarding and skiing um, backcountry, those insane videos that people just like, how do they yeah. there? If they either drop down by, heli by a, hel a helicopter or they sometimes hike up. A lot of people hike yeah. up and they have the skis and snowboarding on their, ba their, their backpacks. But for those terrains, this is going to be different. This is just for reg regular basic terrain. It has these little teeth oh, down yeah. here and this, the teeth here. So um, they will be way a little bit longer if, if you're going up here. They might not be as wide, you know, and they might not be as long. So the width, the length, the material is going to depend on the sport you're doing, just walking. I have a friend that has running snowshoes so they can wait lighter wow. they're not as wide and they're not like as they end basically here that they do a v right after the shoe hmm. it's her running snowshoes so you know depending on saying and that's what i wanted to to explain on those posts is that you know there's different stuff depending on where you're going uh what you're going to do you're going just walking and going running going uphill and going downhill um what is your weight and size? So this is wrong for me because I bought it from a guy who is, I think, six foot three and uh, way heavier and I am five five. So what, what happens is that because this is wide and long, I have to walk with my legs more open. So after two and a half, three miles, it starts hurting my hips because that's not how I'm used to walking. If I had snowshoes that were not as wide and not as long, I could walk similar to how I usually walk without mm -hmm. having an effort to keep my legs open. So I'm actually in the process of looking for snowshoes that are better for me, but this was a learning lesson. I bought it from somebody to save money and it works if I'm not going a long distance. If I'm not going, if I'm going up to three miles, it's fine. So, but that's the stuff that I wanted to share with the, with those posts is that uh, first try, but also see where you're going, how long you're going. So you can tell what gear is going to be best for you. That's really interesting. I did not know anything about that or like how the snowshoes, like how it works. I just know people do it. Um, so I guess that would be recommendation would be just to probably rent it out and then buy it. Would that be... Yes, there are stores like REI. I know they're open now and they do this. I mean, I say I say REI because it's very famous, common, but I'm sure that a lot of other cities have the mom and pop stores, you know, they rent out stuff. So I, I would say go in there and say, hey, it's my first time. Do you have do you guys have re re rentals? They'll see, they'll probably ask for your I, well, you'll, they'll see your height, they'll ask for your weight, they'll ask for, are you just walking? How far are you walking? And then they might recommend a type. And if you rent and if you like that type, then yeah, let me maybe save up the money to buy. I know that Costco will usually have a snowshoe and pole set for like 60 bucks up. Wow. The one here in Utah. <laughs> I don't I know the state, but um, yeah. highly for those pricier gears that we might not use every day, I highly recommend renting first if it's possible or to borrow to see if you really like it. Because to commit to buy something and not and hate it later is like, what do you do, right? I personally don't like that. I like to try it out a couple of times. And then, okay, I like it. I need it. I'm going to save up until I can buy my own. Those are great tips. I think because for, I don't know why airplanes out, but for, I almost went snowshoeing last weekend and I'm just looking at Amazon, like, and then I'm glad I waited because I don't know why that I didn't put two and two together. I should have waited. <laughs> I'm glad I waited. I'm glad, I'm glad that the trip didn't happen and I didn't buy anything. And I'm, so the next time when I plan to, if someone invites me to go out, I will do the routine, routine it out first and treat it that way. 
Yeah. And if it's something that is not, if it's a, an area that is not, doesn't have a lot of fresh snow, but it still has snow, maybe it's icy. I recommend these. You can find these on Amazon for like 20 bucks. I have um, a different pair that's more of a, it doesn't have the pointy stuff that this one's does. It just has the, the chains for mm. less icy uh, terrain. And I bought a Facebook marketplace. I just cannot find it. And for this and the way that this happens is that you hook up to your foot to your shoes like this and these have sizes too you can buy size small medium or large so you hook it up to your to your boots or even tennis shoes like i, I see people running with this all the time in snow in snowy mountains so it looks like this and then it has these mm -hmm. grips see so it's perfect for a path or trail that it has snowed. It's either icy or it's not high snow. So instead of snowshoes, you can just wear this and, and have the security that you won't be sliding around. So those are, I know people call it micro spikes or spikes or whatever. Um, I think there's another, another term that I can't remember now. I call them micro spikes or snow spikes. So that's what they look like. And you can find them on Amazon, Facebook, mar Marketplace. These are also, yeah, traction chains. Thank you, Olivia, my daughter. So these are also the things that you can buy. You can spend easily a hundred bucks on some. I'm like, mm, I'll buy the one for 20. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, I think we needed, because um, we went uh, on a snow hike yesterday um, and we, had our micro spikes. It's my first time hiking within micro spikes. And like you're saying, it was mostly icy in places or um, it just hadn't snowed fresh very recently. And we felt so much safer wearing the micro spikes because we did, we never slipped at any point. And we actually started the hike. We're like, oh, this doesn't look too bad um, without the micro spikes. And we we're just, you know, your, your feet start kind of yeah. moving away from under you and we're like no 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 <laughs> let's try yeah. these micro spikes and it makes a huge difference um so they do especially yeah. coming down right if you go a little bit even if it's a little bit of an uphill but when you're coming back down it's like sliding everywhere yeah. if you don't have something to give you that that grip mm -hmm. yeah. yes absolutely and with our two dogs so they love to pull especially when they're on a hike Having yeah. that extra grip on the feet was actually really, really, uh, yeah, it just made us feel much safer. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's true. Like, I've never been snowshoeing. Um, and we were considering going snowshoeing before we got the micro spikes. But we checked the conditions on the trail first and saw that everyone in the reviews was saying that you don't need snowshoes. The weather report was saying, oh, it's packed snow or very, like not very deep snow. So we said, well, actually, maybe the snowshoes are overkill. And I think it was, like you're saying, just worth looking at the conditions and how yeah. far we're going to switch to the micro spikes instead. Exactly. And now, nowadays, the app, All Trails, usually has recent reviews over there. Um, yeah. Facebook groups, you can easily ask. There's, I'm sure, every state, every city, or, or every county has a Facebook group and you can ask, hey, here we have hike in Utah. Constantly there's people, hey, thinking about doing this hike this week. Has anybody been there recently? What, you know, what, what is the, the trail like year round? And it's so awesome to have that, um, that sense that um, you can get up to updated information, like recent information. Uh, also, another reason why I love, why I have learned to love going out in the winter is that the trails are not nearly as busy. Like yeah. at least here, spring, summer especially, and spring and fall too, oh my goodness, it's like you can, if the trail's not wide enough, you're constantly having to stop or whatever, it is so busy. But during the winter, not many people go, which I hope to change. I hope more people will feel comfortable and excited and actually enjoy it. But um, it is something that, you know, helps me want to go outside is that, hey, even though I'm going to be with my group, it's going to be fun. I'm going to see people, but not nearly as many people as you will see if the weather is warm. I'm really lucky that you have that because um, in California, where I live in California, it's like it's been busy nonstop and crazier. So it's like, <laughs> you can't, it, I went on a park on Saturday and I got a little bit after eight and it was just packed and you have to find parking. Wow. Elsewhere. 
pipe turned around and um, find somewhere else. So that's so cool that you have that. And and it's, I like the mentality like to take advantage of that and see that the less people on the trail. And yeah, I, I really like that a lot. I'm jealous. <laughs> I love to come to Utah. <laughs> I got to visit. Yeah. Hiker spikes too. I have micro spikes and I actually have crampons from the PCT, even though those are meant for ice climbing though. Um, but the micro spikes, they do help a lot for the, um, for hiking in the snow, but just the snowshoes, the snowshoes are one thing I haven't done. The snowshoes. Yeah. Um, let's see, maybe try it out a couple of times. Maybe rent them if you can or borrow and see, let, let, let us know if you like it. I'm excited. Yeah, please. People are really excited about this. So have you done any cross-country skiing since we're, you know, talking about this? I haven't. It looks exhausting. Okay. <laughs> it really does. Okay, <laughs> I'm all right then. See, I love going down. I love being out in, in nature. I'm not as hardcore as I'm sure some people think I am. There, was, there have been people that ask me, do you go hiking every day? Because I post almost every day. I'm like, no, I go maybe every weekend, take 300 pictures. It's time. So, <laughs> you know. But I have not. There's actually a road here. If you're watching this and you live in Salt Lake City and you want to try snowshoeing or wearing spikes or just snow hiking, go to Mill Creek Canyon. It's It's a canyon where eventually at a point on the canyon road, they just closed the road. There's a parking lot right there, bathroom, but they closed the road and it's just snow up. So usually, and they, and they also uh, allow dogs. So it's very, very popular year round, but I always like going there with my friends that have not ever uh, done winter hiking or snowshoeing. It's perfect for beginners because it's not super uphill. It's a wide road, so you can take your space. You will see people cross country skiing, snowshoeing, hiking, sledding, but people pulling their little kids in sleds, you know, it is super mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but I have not tried it, no. I yeah have, I've wanted but I have never it just looks exhausting I'm like hmm, I don't know <laughs> yeah I kind of agree I've never tried uh cross-country skiing and we have a husky so she loves the winter and the snow and we recently came across this winter sport called ski joring which is you like a human on cross-country skis and the dog attached to to your waist Huh. And it's basically like a race with your, or not a race, but an activity um, where your dog pulls you on your skis. Um, so that was, it seems, I'm not sure it's less exhausting, but it yeah. seems interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, if I had a dog pulling me, that might help my decision to try it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you have, uh, we should probably talk a bit about safety since, you know, I mean, microspikes and snowshoes provide some safety, but I think um, you had also written about avalanche safety. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about how, um, like what websites you check and like how you um, kind of the, in, do you look for indicators? I guess, like, how do you evaluate if it's safe? Um, yeah. So basically I check two apps. One is the Utah Avalanche Center and the one is just called um, Avalanche. So I think if you don't live in Utah, you can check. So you can see them both here, what they look like, the Utah Avalanche mm-hmm. Center and the Avalanche app. So um, the, you choose your location and they're going to tell you what the, the risk is. So right now, for South Lake City area, and my area is orange with this considerate but not dangerous. Um, if you use the map to go here to this area in Idaho, somewhere in Idaho, you see it's a, it's a red is a higher risk. So I use this, and I personally have also read the reviews on our trails and face Facebook and through this free avalanche awareness class that I, I hear. Uh, REI head, which was amazing. Scary at first, but very amazing. Scary because I left that class thinking, okay, I'm never going to leave my house in the winter again. I'm going to be caught in an avalanche and die. Uh, And I learned that when you see, remember I mentioned those skiers and snowboarders that go up in the backcountry mountains to ski and they always have a backpack. That's usually not food. That's like an avalanche safety backpack. 
that likely has a little parachute that helps move mm. them up towards away from earth and also an oxygen tank kind of like we have the the bladder with water yeah a lot of those have the ox oxygen tank from from them to breathe if they are caught to give them more time to to survive and a beacon for lo localization so hundreds of dollars i don't go in, in in the back country a lot so i don't have one of those um but what i learned is that i try to pick a very open area that's not famous for having had avalanches or av avalanche danger um i check the weather i it's super fun to go as the snow is falling but usually that's when when the heavy if there's a heavy snowfall and there is already layers of older snow that became ice that might be triggered you know that kind of scares me um i'm not an expert on av avalanches i just re re remember some things from that class and i just re remember enough to check the apps make sure there's no danger the area is safe tell somebody where you're going i didn't mention these on, on my post but i'm going to always tell tell somebody where you're going yeah how long the hike is when you expect it to be back um in the winter i don't like going alone i rarely it's like very rare that i will go alone i'll go with a group and i'll go to a very basic area that's not up in the mountains where there is um, avalanche danger. And um, yeah, if you're caught, it's not pretty. So let's just not get caught in an avalanche. <laughs> exactly. And thank you for asking that question, Marcel. It was a very good one. And can you please, um, like after this call, send the link to the, oh, just send the name of the apps you use? Yeah. I would love to provide that as a resource people can check on it because I didn't know there was an app such like that to check on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier um, to just be able to check your phone, like anything else. Um, yeah. Exactly. And re re regarding that, if I be, um, if you are not caught in a, in a, in an avalanche, where you are trapped in the mountains because of an avalanche in a different area, which has happened last winter, there were a couple of actually two winters ago, I believe, here in the Little Cottonwood Canyon. I believe Provo Canyon, there were a couple of uh, uh, avalanches on, on the road where nobody got injured, but it blocked the road. And maybe you're hiking, maybe you're not injured, but the road is blocked. So I always have extra clothes. I always have an extra layer, extra leggings. My leggings are super warm, if I can show you. Guys, I got those at like Ross, okay? So yeah, super, super well-priced. I don't know if you can see, but they have this fuzzy thing inside. I don't know if you can see it, but they're super... Yeah. It's super warm. It's kind of like flannel inside, um, waterproof on the outside. I always, usually will have a fleece top, you know. I also love this gear, this material. Um, it is supposed to reflect, reflect your body heat and keep mm. you warm longer. It's an under layer. I got this one specific at um, Columbia. I like it. I'm very warm blooded, so I don't need a lot to feel warm, especially if I'm moving. Uh, so usually I either have a t-shirt in a jacket or this in, in, in a jacket and that's all like, but I always have an extra pair of top. I mean, an extra top, extra pants, extra socks. My socks are super warm for winter hiking, just in case I get stuck and need to get warmer or if I get wet and need to get warmer again. So these are super fuzzy. I don't know if you can see, but super thick and super fuzzy. Yeah. I love these ones. I like snowboarding socks that I got at, a, I don't know, REI clearance. They're super long too. They come all the way almost up to my, almost up to my knees and they are super thick and warm. So I'll, I'll usually wear this one. Um, and have an extra pair in my backpack. My summer backpack is not nearly as heavy or packed as my winter one because all this stuff is like, takes up space. I don't know if you can see how fuzzy it is. It's just super warm. Yeah, so, they look really, really thick. Yeah, I and, like that. I was wondering, um, so for you, so I have two different questions. One is regarding um, safety and regarding the trails. So um, for the trails, so what, like, do you use like apps to navigate your way? Because I, I can imagine being out there. I don't know if you have signal or not. So it's just like, you have like, you know, paper maps, good old like 
like a app like all trails do you like have something you download the maps to your phone because with the when you're hiking like there's the trail is underneath the snow so I'm yeah figure that way out because like i know when we hiked in the snow we used the app that guided us but i just didn't know for regular hiking and then um yes and then ask my other question after that yeah, no, that's a, 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 great, a great question. So luckily, I am in an area where a lot of people go out in all seasons, way less in the winter, but most trails that will be, they will have somebody that has gone there and you will know. Like it's very, I have been to ver, to field trails that were not super well marked, you know. It's either a very obvious little road or there would be the mountain walls, the trails, boom, trees, you know, it's like yeah. very obvious. And it's usually the same ones that I go in the summer, spring and fall, or the ones that I go in the winter. If not, then I'm with somebody who knows. I'm not very adventurous to discover a brand new trail by myself. I will try to go with somebody or with a group that has gone, for example, New Year's Eve, I went with a group of ladies that had done that one trail and the name of the trail pipeline is a very famous trail for being beautiful and the views but also being kind of hard and i was like not sure if i can do all that today new year's eve i need to go back home and relax and get ready to drink and you know <laughs> but they assured me they said no you know you can definitely go farther but the first two miles that we'll do it they're pretty much you know they're they're not flat but they're not super it's not like climbing upstairs. So then put me at ease. So in the summer, I might be more likely to try a, a trail, a new trail alone, because I know even though I go alone, I will not be alone there. There will be more people, so it will be safer. But in the winter, I will not try. It's, it's going to be trails that are very paved. But to your question, for me to make sure that I know, I do use all trails. Um, that's how I know how far I am from. <laughs> the end point, how many miles I've done. I, I'm not very good at navigating myself like a, a map or I should, I, I, it's one of, one of my goals to learn. I'm not very, very good at just getting a navigator mm -hmm. and looking at it. You know, I, I used to have a swoon too. That's a watch that gives a lot of info. And I'm like, why do I have this watch? I don't know how to use it. I don't know what this information means. <laughs> but I guess I'm just lucky, to, as I said, to be in an area where most likely I would not be the first person in the area that day. That's awesome. And then I have another question. So I was like, how, like, when you are going to say, I want to like hike four miles with friends, like what, what would you average as a time, like per mile, like one mile per, like oh, one hour per mile? Like, um, is that like, is that something you think about when you head out? Like, I don't know if you have any recommendations for someone who's planning to do that. Cause I do know from personal experience that, you know, when it's four miles, not the same four miles when you yeah. do a hike. <laughs> I love this question because I think you asked the wrong person. Like, I'm a perpetual tourist. I'm going to be stopping every <laughs> 10 steps to take a picture. Like, it's going to take a while for me. Um, if I go with somebody who's really focused on the workout, four miles might take us about, I don't know, two hours or so, right? You're going to go get there, drink your water. You're going to talk the whole time. You're not stopping to take a, to take a lot of pictures. I, I've done other activities that were mile and a half and it took us three hours, you know, because we were stopping and taking pictures and chatting or it was more appeals. So we rested more. I think it will really depend on what the trail is like. The people, are they all on, on the same pace? Why are you going just to have fun? Are you going for the workout? Are you in a hurry, you know? Are you flexible to turn around before you get to that waterfall or that lake? Um, average for four miles round trip, I would say would be two and a half hours. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but I, it, it will depend. Not, not with my friends. It will be five hours with my friends. Yeah, I'd be like, I, I would, I would say like, an, like one mile per hour because I would be taking all the pictures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's not steep, then I think, okay, I can walk. I can walk at a good pace a mile in about 20 25 miles so that's what i'm thinking about you know but that's not stopping or yeah. not stopping much right you, you pause take a, 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 a sip of water keep going <laughs> and then i have another question i'm sorry marcella we can always ask but um the question i have is <laughs> go ahead can 
has there ever been an instance when um, you had to turn around or thought about turning around or you canceled your trip completely? And can you please you can, like let us know an example and kind of walk through the you know your your thought process because um, I know like. I'm thinking that a lot of times, like you really want to go outside, but then it's like, you don't want to endanger yourself. Like what if, there, what if there's like an avalanche nearby? Like, um, I guess, I guess you could pick how you want to explain it or just give an example and like, yeah. take us through your thought process. Are you thinking winter specifically because yeah. I have yeah. month each season? <laughs> winter, yes. Last winter, actually, I was, um, uh, the women who explore group in we have you know a Facebook group for every area that we are in and we have ambassadors and our uh, ask is to set up events you know at least one free event a month uh, that we can just invite people go out for coffee dinner uh, adventure indoors outdoors whatever COVID changed that but that's the the background so last year uh, we added a couple a few more ambassadors to my area and one of them set up this event for, I think it was called Des Desolation Lake at the big Cotton Canyon. There are different ways to get there. You can actually get there from two different canyons and each way will be a different trail, different difficulty level, whatever. This was winter. And I asked her, I said, hey, I'm not in great hiking shape right now. Is this going to be, what's the difficulty level? She said, oh no, it's easy. Granted, she is way more of a hardcore hiker than I am. Uh, but she said, no, no, it's not uphill. It's not super uphill. It's not super, super, super long. It's like, you know, six to seven miles round trip, which, you know, sounds like, like, like a lot. But if it's not uphill, I'm fine with that, you know. So I invited my friend. And it was super funny because we get there. I didn't have, I, we had tennis shoes because it wasn't, it hadn't snowed recently. So I'm like, I don't think the trails are going to be, I underestimated the power of old snow. <laughs> mm. so i'm like just took tennis shoes with good grip but tennis shoes uh they were uh like hiking tennis like trail running hiking tennis shoes me and my friend then we met with them one ambassador and her friends and i we got out of the car and her friends are like spike micro spikes and gloves and trekking poles and i'm like you know my basic backpack water a few cereal bars my extra layers blah 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 and my friend doesn't mean i said why are they so red? I'm like, I don't know. My friend told me this is easy. So long story short, because I tend to talk a lot. We start this hike and it was super icy, like slushy, mm -hmm. super icy, you know, and I just, and it was, it was more uphill than I was in the mood for that day. And, uh, and my, and the, the ambassador and her friends were ahead. The ambassador was like between them and us stopping to wait for us, super cordial, super sweet, you know, Tiziani, hi, love you. Um, and then it got to a point that I think it wasn't even, it wasn't even two miles up. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. You know, my body is not happy. I'm going to hate it. I'm never going to want to come to this trail again. I'm going to burn this mountain down. <laughs> There's no way. She's like, are you sure we're almost there? And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm afraid of going down because I, I don't have the micro spikes. People were coming down everybody had my, my micro spikes on. I'm like, I'm going to follow my butt. I have a back injury. I cannot afford to follow my butt. It's going to be painful. And actually had very funny videos of us, my friend and I going down the hike. But there was one day that I turned around <laughs> and was like, I'm not prideful at all. I'm not going to be a person that, that's like, oh, I have to show these girls that I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bustler for this and that I've got to finish. I'm like, no, man, if it's not looking right or feeling right, um, yeah. I came down and I asked my friend and my friend was so sweet because she, I think she wanted to come down too, but she didn't want to be the one to mention it because I know who took her. Um, and I was like, Hey, do you want to go? She's like, do you? And my kid's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> later on, I saw the pictures of them at the lake. It was completely frozen, beautiful. It was gorgeous, but I'm like, maybe another day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, the, I love your story. I'm glad that you turned back around. Um, I just thought to ask, because, you know, like, I'm sure we all had that experience. And for me, um, I had to turn back around. Like, it's the reason why I had to skip the PCT, a huge section, because, um, like, we there was, like, river crossings, and it was, like, really scary. I can do it, but I was like, I'm not having fun. And I came down to, you mentioned that before, like, what is your goal? Like, I was, I wanted to have fun, and I was in misery, yeah. and I was scared, and I was like, let's just 
let's just skip the rest of the section. I'm like, I'll come back another time. But it was a very, you know, but then I was like, who I'm trying to, what I'm trying to prove, you know? And yeah. So, um, so the, yeah, I mean, hopefully the mountain is going to be there. You know, we all have for everything in life, we have good days and bad days. Some days are just not our days. Some days that that is your summit or that is your des destination. And we can learn from that. Oh, next time in the winter, I will take the micro spikes. I will have better gear, you know, and as I said, I'm not an expert and that was, you know, um, it, there's no shame in coming back ever. Mm -hmm. And Marcella, you technically, you had a like, cause you got snowed in or it was like, had that snows, that storm. So you didn't even for your, one of your days, you'd even get to go outside this. Like, yeah. This past weekend or this past, I guess I'm calling it a weekend. So I had, I'm very lucky to have like the flexibility to take time off during the week. So I, uh, my partner and I both, um, instead of going skiing on the weekend, because that's when the resorts are most crowded, even during COVID, um, they've been pretty uh, crowded. Uh, we decided to go on a weekday, but yeah, uh, Tuesday, we had a major, major rain and windstorm um, that actually took the power out eventually. Um, so it was that, um, that intense, it, rained for literally over 24 hours but that caused um we managed to get on the slopes on monday and by monday afternoon the forecast was just this heavy heavy rainstorm even at higher elevations um so the resort just they closed up they closed operations for that day to you know it's i mean you don't want to be skiing on slushy snow um but also just that rapid weather change can cause avalanches as well. So that was kind of the yeah. reason why the resort canceled. But honestly, even if the resort hadn't canceled, we might have still kind of canceled that day ourselves. Um, the resort is always like, they're very flexible with cancel canceling your pass. They give you your money back. So um, in that regard, we wouldn't have lost anything. Um, so yeah, e even very recently we had to change change our plans um and honestly what we ended up doing was just staying in the cabin all day because it was pouring where, where are you going to go and i was we're thinking like oh let's take advantage let's go on a hike but we looked at the avalanche danger in the area and kind of just hiking in the slush and mud it's just not fun mm -hmm. so it was a nice day in the cabin <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> it was, was so nice, right? We had a, a fireplace and all that. Um, but I totally agree with you, Kika. Like, if it doesn't feel right, if you're not in the mood, skip it. I mean, you don't have to, and, and what Heather is also saying, like, you don't have to prove anyone anything. This, yeah. We do this for fun. We do this to relax and recharge. It shouldn't be stressful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So exactly yeah, and, and i totally agree it's almost five o'clock so um i want to uh, be respectful of your time um oh, you have i have time i know i talk a lot too sometimes i'm like oh my gosh shut up and i have talked a lot too oh, no. <laughs> uh, but so i mean is there anything else you like to give any tips because like you've read so much um and I, we had it here was like um, do you have any essentials, favorite snacks um, you always bring? Um, like, yeah, definitely. Yes, yes, yes to all of the above. So <laughs> clothing wise, the essential is going to be waterproof, right? These were the very first booths that I started um, hiking in the winter. Actually, I'm lying. So the second one, the first ones were not very comfortable, but this is super light. It's from, from Colombia. It still has very nice thread. I've had it for three and a half years. It is warm, light and waterproof. It's what you need. Um, I got this one last year because I bought them after winter. I haven't had a chance mm -hmm. to wear this. Yeah, they were like, I think over a hundred bucks. I got it for like 30 at the Columbia outlet. So that's why I'm talking about pricing. Make sure you, the, the thread is, can you see this? Make yeah. sure the thread is going to be okay to give you that, that um, safety, security on the, on the trail. These are Solomon's. They also have amazing thread. Also waterproof, warm and comfy and light. I love light shoes. Um, 
I don't use hiking poles a lot in the summer, but I do in the winter. They're great also, for, going back to your question, Heather, about how do you follow the trail? If you are unsure about, if you, if you like snowshoeing around the lake and you don't know where the lake ends, where the, the, the sand starts, you can always poke your, your poles to make sure that you're going to be on, on hard um, ground. Um, I highly suggest a bottle that is uh, aluminum to hold your hot cocoa. Ooh, Almost nice. every time that I go on a winter adventure, uh, long or short, I bring hot cocoa. I mean, I have to. First, I was bringing green tea, and I was like, nah, that's not, uh, no. <laughs> not Especially if you're bringing kids, they love to pause for a hot cocoa break, you know? So just make the hot cocoa. This is this is Yeti, um, but usually those um, aluminum bottles they will hold the, the temperature down for a long time. Mm -hmm. Either your cold smoothies in the summer or your hot cocoa. Some people take rum as well or wine. It's all fun. It's all fun. Um, from the ten essentials, what I think is most important is a safety a first aid kit um yeah you have you know medicine you have mm -hmm. things for scrapes and burns to liar to light the fire um i have these whistles here if i need help like a kind of like a rape whistle <laughs> yeah like if i'm lost or if i need to whistle at, at the kids you know and for snacks i love cereal bars i usually will have a, a yummy cereal bar i love these ones Mm. Nature, nature's bakery fig bar they also have raspberry bars um i don't like the typical quaker cereal bars i like these ones fruit usually oranges or apple um i don't bring things that would get squished easily like bananas or strawberries or grapes you know uh, maybe carrots maybe apples um trail mix things things like this trail mix don't forget to bring Empty trash bags for your trash. Major pet peeve when I see people, like my friends are sick of me because whenever we bring the kids, I'm like, if I see one speck of trash on the trail, I'll spank your asses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nobody's getting a smoothie at the end of this or an ice cream cone if there's trash on the trail. And actually, my daughter used to love picking up trash because I say, okay, if you pick up trash on our way back, We'll stop at 7-Eleven, get your Slurpee, you know? Um, we don't do that a lot anymore, but yeah. So my favorite things for winter, make sure you have waterproof stuff. Make sure you possibly take, if you can, if it's not too heavy on your back, take a backpack with water, maybe a warm drink. Um, I love when you girls talked about hand, hand warmers on your first chat, I have friends who feel very cold in our hands and their hands and feet. So they always take hand, hand warmers in their boots and their hands or their pockets to keep it warm. Um, I'm very hot, as I said, warm blooded. So I don't use a beanie, but I have one. Uh, so a beanie, um, mittens or gloves, uh, how do you say kashikol, a scarf. If you feel cold, you know, just gauge how usually you feel cold outside. I think it's easier to dress more and take it off as you go if you mm -hmm. warm than to feel cold the whole time and have a horrible experience. You know, when my friends ask me, I say, hey, I only have a pair of warm leggings, a t-shirt jacket because I know that I'm going to get sweaty. But if you feel cold, put three leggings on, put three layers under. It's easier for you to take it off and stuff it in your backpack than to be cold and miserable. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I just start small. If you don't want to go, if there are no mountains near you, but there's a park that even if it's, you know, go there first, you know, take your kids, take your hot cocoa, gauge how, how things are, go to Facebook. There's, if you search women who, who explore and your city or state, there'll definitely be a group around you that you can join for events or find a hiking buddy. Um, and don't forget to call me when you come to Utah. Utah County is where you live. I live close to uh, 30 miles or so from Salt Lake City. So um, I'm not expert again. I just love sharing this because we need more of all of us out in nature. It's, it belongs to us. And as long as we take care of it, leave no trace, recreate responsibly, 
let's go out. It's my, my goal is just have people know I can and I should be doing this too because it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so, so much. For... <laughs> right? Yeah. Is, thank you so, so much for taking the time. Um, do we want, do we have time for one more question? Should we wrap yeah, things up? Please. I kind of want to ask you a little bit about Iceland. Did you go in the summer? Did you go in the winter? How, how was that? Yeah, it was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. It was a dream trip. Those things that you just dream that you might do in your next life, you know? So I went with women who, who, who explore uh, back then. It was uh, November 2019, so it was pre-pandemic. Um, and it was a one-week trip. And uh, it, we stayed in, a, it was, there were, I think, 12 of us. And we stayed in a house in Southern Iceland. So Northern Iceland is way colder than where we were. Even though it was November, it was their fall. It was maybe between the fifties and twenties, I would say in the morning. So it wasn't super horrible yet. You know, it's a little bit more humid than here. The area that we went was just gorgeous because even though it reminded me a lot of Utah of, with all the mountains, there were different mountains because they were volcanic mountains mostly. And there will be such a long uh, space of just driving through mountains. Then there's like this tiny village at the bottom of them, like, you know, these little 10 houses and one church or whatever. It was like, is this a dream? So there's a movie um, on Netflix with Will Ferrier and Rachel McAdams. What's it called? That they are singers. I will find and I will tell you the name of the movie that they actually, I was like, oh my gosh, I was there. You know, it, it shows a lot of Iceland. <laughs> so it was beautiful. Um, I took the same stuff that I wore here. That was the day that I wore more layers was when we went horseback riding because we were going to be outside for three hours and it was windy. So I was, I, I wore one layer, then the fleece, then I wore these cozy leggings with snow pants on top. Then I had two jackets on top of this fleece. So I actually had four top layers. I wore, uh, we all had a helmet that day because of the horseback riding and gloves. It was the only day that I kind of felt that I needed to dress warm because I'm going to be sitting on a horse, not walking. Every other day, at least in the area that we were, which was near Reykjavik, I think that's what it's called. So it's Southern Iceland and it wasn't super cold. Oh, the day we went to try to do whale watching, they actually gave us this um, special overall that's waterproof and actually warmer as well because we were on a boat. And that day I wore beanie and a scarf because we were just getting that wind for like three to four hours, which was, we did not see any whales, but it was still beautiful. Uh, so I highly recommend Iceland. The people are just super fun. Um, I did learn how to say thank you, which I already forgot because we're like 14 consonants and two vowels. <laughs> no way. I learned that a lot of people who live in Iceland are not from Iceland. They immigrate from other um, European countries. That was fun. Me as somebody who also moved from my home country to the US, it was fun to talk to other immigrants and the, the reasons for moving. It was just a beautiful, it's just a very different and beautiful place, very warm. Um, I hope they're doing well because they, they have he very heavily invested in tourism and you know, that has been put on pause yeah. for a long time. But it was, yeah, I highly rec recommend those trips. If you don't know about women who explore, check out. I'm sure they're gonna have events next year or just find groups closer to you. I think one of the questions that we were going to maybe discuss was how I got into women who, who, who explored or, or maybe my first event with them. And my first event with them was what got me to want to host other events or go to more trips because it was the one in Bend, Oregon. And it was the first time that I went, got on a plane to spend a weekend in the middle of nowhere with people I've never met which sounds insane, right? It's like, especially for a crime show addict like me, I'm like, I'm going to be murdered and they're gonna put my body at the bottom of that lake where they're gonna go snowshoeing afterwards and that's that. But it was incredible. You spend a whole weekend or week with these random women who become your best friends. I'm still in touch with all of them. 
you know, as 90% of them. And it's just so fun. So if even if it's uh, outside of your com comfort zone, but if you have a place I've always dreamed of being in, visiting, there is a group that's planning to go there. So, you know, make a plan to go. It's an incredible experience. So fun. That's awesome. Now I want to go there. <laughs> now Let's I want go. to go like now. <laughs> It yeah, is Iceland is one of my kind of bucket list places to go because the pictures, videos, it seems so beautiful and yeah, just so awesome that you got to go and yeah, experience so that. I can't wait to go back. I want to take Olivia there. You should. That'd be amazing. You definitely should. <laughs> um, okay, I think we're at the end. Yeah. Um, Thank you so, so much, Kika. This was really fun. Yeah. Um, it's so awesome talking to you. And thank you for sharing all of your advice and stories and, and experience. Um, you got me inspired. And um, I, I still, one of the top things that I learned from this, well, I learned so much from you, was that the association I have with like the snow, the snow I think of elitist, so that I'm automatically made me think of something negative. So I'm gonna change my mindset I think be my goal and like get one new piece of gear every single year so I can think something positive for it because that just really shocked me. It was like, oh my goodness, I can't, I should never be that way. So, yeah, no, it's not for me. Or, and nor should I like encourage that thought to other people because then I'm just pushing that and making people feel like, no, like, um, like you shouldn't, that's not for you either. So, I, I, I don't want to yeah. be that person. And let's let's all get together and change that. It's one of my goals through my my uh, Instagram page is to to help specifically women feel that there is nowhere where we don't belong. Yeah. You know, like if you if you have yeah. been in a position where I have been in the past, or just wishing, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I did that. I wish I was like this, like that. Stop wishing. Just make a plan and baby steps. Just do it. You know, we are capable. We are amazing. I, you know, and we need to populate those spaces because the more diversity we bring to those spaces, the less people and children will grow up thinking I don't belong there, you know? Um, so, yeah. Thank you again. Um, and I hope to meet you soon and I hope we can chat again.